This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. As we stand, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us, and we pray that once again you would illuminate it by your Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts and minds and direct our wills. In Jesus' name, amen. If you remember nothing else from my sermon this morning, I'd like you to remember two words. Jehovah Jireh, Hebrew for God provides. The Lord will provide. That's right. As I look back on my life, I am constantly reminded that those words Jehovah Jireh so aptly describe how I have experienced God, even or perhaps especially as I look back over the last 12 months, Jehovah Jireh sums up so much of what God has done among us. And I'll be saying more about this in a couple of weeks' time when it's our annual meeting. The remarkable truth is that God has poured out his abundant provision for us time and time again. When, by way of example, 35 years ago, at a time when this congregation was struggling with almost no children or youth, people at Ascension prayed for children and families. The Lord provided. Today we have 185 children, 15 and under. Thanks be to God. More recently, when we prayed for over 10 years, for a resolution of a dispute with the Episcopal Church concerning property ownership and whether we'd be able to stay in these buildings and steward them for generations to come. The Lord provided. A remarkable, perhaps unique settlement was mediated and here we are. Thanks be to God. When you read the Bible, you find that this is how God works. Jehovah Jireh constantly, graciously, and surprisingly provides his people with all that they need. Well, that was true for Abraham. God had called him to go out from Ur, where he lived, to go to a new land. And he provided him with all that he needed. He promised him things that seemed impossible like a son, when he was 99 years old and his wife was 90. And that seemed pretty laughable if ever anything did, except Jehovah Jireh doesn't joke about these things. If he promises to provide, he will, and he did. Isaac, as I told, said to the kids, name means laughter, was born to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. And then, after Isaac was born, after Abraham had been blessed beyond his wildest imagination, God tested Abraham. Our Old Testament reading this morning began, after these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and offer him as a burnt offering. Most people don't like tests. I don't. 
probably because of the fear of failure or looking stupid or feeling the shame of coming up short. But God does test his people. He tested Abraham. He tested his disciples. He tests us. And testing may come directly from God, or it may be something that God allows. Think of Jesus being tempted by Satan in the, in the wilderness. The times of most significant spiritual growth in my life have also been the hardest times, times of longing, of waiting, of suffering. In particular, I think of the 10 years of heartache and testing that marked the unraveling and ending of my first marriage. And yet, even in the darkest moments, God did provide. Then, in many and varied ways, through small and large kindnesses, words of encouragement and prayers of so many in this church family and beyond. Now, in ways above and beyond, all I could ask or imagine. Testing is part of life. And Lent, this season of Lent, is a time of testing. COVID is a time of testing. Waiting is a time of testing. And while we may wish to flee from testing, it's worth remembering that testing can actually strengthen us. As St. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The horror of the test that Abraham faced is unimaginable. It's hard to get our heads around that test. Indeed, what God asked Abraham to do, to sacrifice his son Isaac, contradicts God's very nature. Elsewhere, God expressly forbade such behavior. Thankfully, we know from how the story ends and from elsewhere in the scriptures that God never intended Abraham actually to kill Isaac. But clearly, God was testing Abraham. And part of that test was to see who was more important to Abraham. Isaac or God? Trusting God, being a Christian, following Jesus is demanding. God wants us to love him with all our heart and with all our soul and within all our mind and with all our strength. God wants our loyalty and our commitment. And sometimes God will lead us in ways that we don't understand. And yet, understand or not, we are to trust God and to obey God because he is trustworthy, because he is Jehovah Jireh. And that's exactly what Abraham did. And so God tells him to take his son, his only son, the son whom he loves, and offer him as a sacrifice to God. And those words sound familiar, perhaps, don't they? And they should. 
For God was not asking Abraham to do something that he himself was not prepared to do. For God offered his son, his only son, the son whom he loved as a sacrifice. And for God, there was no substitute ram in the bushes. Jesus was the lamb of God. He was my substitute, your substitute. In this account of Abraham and Isaac, we see a foretaste of what was to come when Jesus came. We also see Abraham's wonderful trust and faith. I can't imagine what must have been going on in his mind. And yet somehow he believed that God would redeem this seemingly impossible situation. Abraham tells the others who were with him to stay where they were so that he and the boy could go and worship. Abraham says, and this is important, I will go over there, we will worship, and then we will come back. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, we read that Abraham considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead. And so to Isaac, Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering when Isaac asks about, where's the offering? Abraham trusted that somehow God would provide. And then just as Abraham raises the knife, the angel of the Lord calls out to him, don't do it. Abraham had been tested, and he passed the test. God knew that he was willing to go the whole way and not hold anything back from God, not even the most precious thing he had. And then Abraham looks up, of course, and sees the, the ram caught in the thicket. And so in place of his son, Abraham is able to offer an animal. No wonder Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. And from this account, I want to briefly underline three characteristics this morning of God's provision. First, God provides the right thing. And in this case, it was a ram, precisely what Abraham needed. And just as God provided what Abraham needed, so too will God provide the right thing for us. He is Jehovah-Jireh the Lord our provider. He will meet our deepest needs for his greatest glory. Our deepest needs for his greatest glory. And the God who made us is able to take care of us and provide us with all that we need. Well, the second thing we learn about how God provides is that as well as providing the right thing, he also provides the right thing at the right place. The ram shows up just where it is needed. God provides the right thing in the right place. In our own lives, how important it is that we arrive at the place where we can hear and respond to God so that we can receive from him those things he wants to provide us with. Places are important. The place where Abraham went to make his sacrifice was Mount Moriah. And the traditional understanding is that Jerusalem came to be built on top of that same place. 
So the very place where God told Abraham to make a sacrifice may be the place where Jesus was sacrificed. And our right place is here, on the corner of Neville and Ellsworth. And this place has become an important place to generations of Christians. And our community here in this place matters. Sure, we could worship God anywhere, and our testing in the pandemic has kind of proved that. And yet, there is a ministry and a mission for us to do right here, in and from this place, where God has called us to welcome our neighbors and reach the nations with the saving love of God. By the way, in case you missed it, that's what our Morden Stones Capital Campaign is all about. When all is said and done, the new pews come and all the rest of it, and the, finish the cleaning and build the new hall, it's not about that. That is about making this place all that it can be for us to do what God has called us to do here in Oakland in Pittsburgh and way beyond. God provides the right thing at the right place. And thirdly, he does so precisely at the right time. Abraham had bound his son, placed him on the wood, raised the knife. And it was just at the right time that the angel of the Lord speaks. Sometimes we may forget that God does not commit himself to our timetables. In the case of his promise to Abraham of a son, 10 years went by before that promise was fulfilled. That's a long time to wait, particularly at that age. But God knew what he was doing. He who had made the promise would honor the promise. And the Lord would do so on his timetable, not Abraham's or Sarah's or anybody else's. I think sometimes we're like children who want things before they're able to handle them. God knows what the right time is for us. He knows where we need to be in order to receive his provision and what that should be. We must be willing to trust God for his provision in his time, not ours. It is his plan for us which is so important. Let's not get things out of order. God is not here to cater to us. Rather, we're here to fulfill God's eternal plan. The good news is not that we have a wonderful plan for our lives or our church and that God will somehow help us accomplish it. No. Rather, that God has a wonderful plan for our lives, for our church. He knows what we need, where we need it, and when we need it. It's so important to remember our story and rehearse our history so that we never forget God's goodness and provision in our lives and in our church. He is indeed Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. God is faithful, and he will provide. 
Well, before I close, I want to add a cautionary word. And it's this. God does not force his provision upon us. Sometimes, because of various circumstances and situations in our lives, our hearts can grow hard and cold. Sometimes we're not willing to receive from the Lord. He may be speaking to us something we don't want to hear. Sometimes we can be so confident, so foolishly confident in our own ways that we miss out on what God wants to provide us with when his plans are different from ours. God does not force his will upon us. And if you want and willfully choose to go your own way and do your own thing and be your own boss and trust in your own bank account and trust in your own intelligence and wisdom, then God will let you do that. But God longs for us to stop trusting in our own strength and in our own wisdom and instead to turn to him, to call upon him, to pray to him and to put our trust in him, the one who is Jehovah Jireh. We would be wise to heed the words of our Lord himself who had to rebuke Simon Peter who was not trusting God. As we saw in our gospel reading today, Jesus said to him, you're setting your mind not on divine things but on human things. And then Jesus turns to the crowd and said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus wants and invites you to trust him, follow him, and to be completely sold out for God. The days ahead may not be easy, but remember Jehovah Jireh. Would you say that with me? Jehovah Jireh. I want to hear you. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. Do you trust that God will provide? Are there things that are holding you back from God? Are there parts of your life where you've kind of nailed up a no entry sign for God? Jesus said, for those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Let us heed these words today. Let us set our minds on God's ways, not human ways. The Lord will provide. He will give us everything we need. Amen.